0: Big red bed. Saturday and Sunday from 6
1: p.m. With sure 72 hour nonstop protection tested to the limits.
2: Sure, it won't let you down.
1: folks. Very delighted you could join us on the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. My name is Rory O'Hagan here with you on until 7 o'clock. We have a busy show coming over the next 60 minutes. Going to wrap up all today's action in Gaelic games where Mayo defeated Galway today just by a single point. We'll get reaction from that and a full-time report from so we're also going to hear from uh, Meath boss Cullum O'Rourke after their Talton Cup semi-final win over Antrim. We're going to talk to UCC soccer team, the women Futsal team representing Ireland in the upcoming European Futsal Championship. We'll talk to their coaches in a little bit. And he's to a corkman who incre- completed an incredible challenge last week on aid of special Olympics Ireland. You're listening to the big red bench right here on Corks Red FM. You could join us on the show. We're here until 7 p.m. If you would like to get in touch by WhatsApp, by a text, 086-8104-106. Send us a tweet at Big Red Bench. Follow us on Instagram there as well if you wouldn't mind. We're gonna wrap up all today's action first off before we get to anything and uh, Quite an awful day in sport overall, except for the GAA, which kept us all occupied across the course of the afternoon. Mayo and Galway was the big game this afternoon, and it was Mayo who won today uh, against their Connacht rivals just by a single point today at Pierce Stadium. Let's get a full time report on that game from our colleague Tommy Rooney.
0: It is full time here in Pierce Stadium, and Mayo have beaten Galway by a point in this All Ireland preliminary quarter final on a scoreline of 110 to 12. Mayo produced a storming second half comeback and now progressed to the All-Ireland quarter-final, and knocked Galway out of the Championship in the process. As it so often does in Salt Hill, the wind played a massive factor in the flow of this game. Mayo started the first half well, leading by 3 points to 1, but wouldn't score for the rest of that half. Galway led by 5 at the break but it kicked a number of sloppy wides with the wind. Mayo started the second half as he did the first, but this time they made a count. They scored 1-5 without reply after the break to take a 3 point lead. Paul Conroy then scored Goalways' first point in nearly 30 minutes and Goalways stayed in touch but they never looked like winning in that second half as Sean Kelly looked unfit, Damien Conner went off at half-time and Shane Walsh converted just 40% of his chances. Paddy Durkin kicked two big points in the second half, Kieran O'Connor came on to score with his first touch and David McBrien scored the all-important goal. Goalways' 2023 Championship ends but Mayo went to the All-Ireland quarterfinal draw on Monday morning.
1: Yeah, great win for Mayo today into the quarter final draw as Tommy mentioned there which will take place tomorrow morning around half eight in the draw after yesterday's run uh, over Ross Common really enjoyable again that one down in Porky if you missed any of the reaction from that you can get that on the Big Red Bench podcast on the Goal out app or from wherever you get your podcasts uh, elsewhere today down beating Mead today or down beating Leash, I should say to, to face Mead in the Talton Cup final down winning against Leash in the semi-final 8-16 to 2-12 was how that finished a hat-trick there for Liam Kerr Meath beating Antrim 2-16 to 2-14 earlier on today so we will be down and it will be Meath in the Tarleton Cup final let's hear from Meath boss Colm O'Rourke speaking to Ashton O'Reilly
2: Colm O'Rourke you must be happy enough with that Meath win out there you held on in the end seven or 8 points up I think at one stage but uh, Antrim came back into it but you got over the line that's the most important thing
3: yeah when we were 8 up we were very much in control and I thought at that, that stage would push on and win easy but then things started to get a bit hairy and in the end we were delighted to hear the final whistle because uh, the game became a bit mad and frantic and uh, at times we didn't cope very well with that
2: What do you think that was? Was it maybe just switched off a little bit?
3: I suppose you're, you're, a lot of them are young it's their first time for quite a few playing in Crow Park and the game became a bit helter-skelter and uh, uh, they lack experience so the the every day to go out is a school day for a lot of them and uh, uh, they they coped to come back in Jordan and uh, Matty Costello got two nice points at the end to relieve the pressure on us but we were all getting a little bit worried.
2: What was it like for you on the sideline? It's your first time to be on the sideline in Crow Park for me.
3: Yeah it was it was uh, okay for about uh, 60 minutes and, (laughs) and then after that the whole thing went a bit mad and you were wondering what could you do and Everybody seemed to be everywhere. Positions had counted for nothing at that stage. So we were just glad to hear the final whistle.
2: I know you wanted this job for, for quite a while. Then you said it came up when you didn't... I don't know ex-
3: whether you'd say that or not.
2: Well, back years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah well, years when I was ago. young and foolish. <laughs> and you said it came up then when you, you least expected it, maybe. But to be here in Crow Park, was it an exciting day for you to come here and to be you know, manager of your county team?
3: Absolutely. Like, uh, every young boy grows up wanting to play in Crow Park and being involved with our county team and I was lucky enough with Sean and to be here quite a bit so those are the same dreams that every young fella in Mead has and we want to try and make sure that more and more of them realise those
2: And what was it like to face, I suppose Andy McIntyre was just down the sideline from you, another Mead man
3: Yeah, well I suppose maybe he was in a more difficult position for him with a, a son on the panel and a nephew on the team, We we, we treated the game as another and any other county, it, it didn't affect us in any way. But uh, uh, he's done a fair job with them. They, they really put it up to us. And I'd say they're going away thinking to themselves, maybe we should have got something out of this game.
2: And now for me, obviously the Talton Cup final, you know, playing for silverware in Crow Park, it's, it's a nice place to be.
3: Absolutely. And anybody who thought the Talton Cup didn't count... If they were watching the last 10 minutes of madness out there, they would be thinking to themselves this is the biggest competition in the world. I don't think e- either set of players could have given any more in search of the victory. So it's great to be back, great to be playing in the final. It's going to uh, improve the, the development of our team.
2: And as well there is a little bit of sadness around the at the moment. You know, the Keeley family, it's a name that's well known within G A circles in mead and across the country. And we heard the sad news of Dennis Keely and obviously Maria not too long ago as well. It, it, it is tinged with a bit of sadness as well. Today. It
3: certainly is. I actually was in Keely's house just last week for a cup of tea with Dennis and uh, Maria's mother and father sat down and had a long chat with them and how they were missing Maria so much, who was a star, and so was Dennis. They're just lovely, lovely people part of a wonderful sporting family and uh, you know the, the the service that all the Keeleys have given to Dunchotland and me they're just an outstanding family and to lose the two youngest out of the family at 10 is just extraordinarily harsh and uh, I, as I said earlier to a lot of people the dominant emotion today among a lot of Mead people, will be one of sadness.
1: Yeah, well spoken there uh, indeed by Mead's boss, Colm O'Rourke. He was in conversation there with Aisling O'Reilly. Um, so that will be down facing Mead in the Talton Cup final in the all Ireland minor football semi-final. It is uh, Derry uh, leading Dublin 7 points to 4 at uh, half time. there. The Ladies Football Championship today, some results have finished uh, Mead 113, Waterford 1-8 in Group Two and group one are mad beat. Uh, Mayo two ten to one eleven in Group Three. Dublin beating Cavan five fifteen to one eight in Group Four. In Temple Two, Galway defeated uh, Tipperary four ten to three uh, React our results, I should say, from the uh, Red FM Hurling Leagues today. Uh, final weekend of fixtures in Division One. It finished Aaron's Own one fifteen. Father O'Neill's four twenty four. It finished Cantork one twenty. Douglas one eighteen and Sarsfields two twenty one. Killa 214. Alton Division 1 today. Charleville 15 points. to 2 a 112. Draw match there. Uh, some results from Division 2. it finished uh, Bishop 10 220. Mano 310. Glen Rovers 421. Bride Rovers 20 points. And uh, Corsi Rovers for 413. Newtown Shandrum 112. Kilshane, Gabi, Lini, today 122 to 13 points. So that means in the final of uh, the uh, Red FM uh, Cork Senior Hurling League Division 1, it'll be Sarsfields playing at Black Rock. Sarsfields had already qualified for the uh, final ahead of the uh, final um, uh, round of fixtures. Douglas could have qualified today, but. um Black Rock beating the Piercy to eighteen to uh, to secure uh, their place in the final, and as I mentioned uh, in the results uh, from earlier on today, Douglas beaten by Cantorick one twenty two one eighteen. So Sarsfields uh, going head to head with Black Rock, and what should be a very very tasty final in the Rediffam Hurling League Division One. Uh, Golf: Leon Maguire is no longer in the lead in the final round of the Women's PGA Championship in New Jersey. Maguire dropping a shot on the sixth hole; she's now six under par. Korea's Jenny Shin in China as Lin lead the way on 7 under par Antrim Stephanie Meadow is in a tie for 5th on 5 under par both players looking to win a first major title so plenty of excitement uh, on the way there in the final round of the women's PGA at New Jersey on the PGA Toro Rory McElroy and Shane Lowry both in a tie for 18th place on 12 under par with the final round of the Travellers Championship no underway. the American Keegan Bradley is the leader there on 12 under par Right, we're going to start our show tonight, the Big Red Bench, with sure 72-hour non-stop protection as we talk to uh, the UCC women's futsal team who will be representing Ireland at the upcoming European futsal championship which is happening in Croatia in July. I was delighted to have UCC coaches Steve O'Keefe and Lee Moore join me in studio this afternoon to talk about it. All right, delighted to be joined in studio by Lee and Steve of the UCC women's soccer team. Lads, thanks very much for coming in. No bother at all, Rory, appreciate it. Thanks a million for for, for joining us in studio today. Uh, Lads, uh, tell us, um, first off, I suppose we're going to talk about futsal, I suppose, today because you've got a big European uh, Championships coming up uh, very, very shortly. Um, Lee, I suppose, for people who don't know what futsal is, can you explain the concept to us?
4: Yeah, so futsal is indoor 5 a side soccer. Um, So it's quite a quick game, a high intensity game, and that involves a lot of conditioning. Um, it's different uh, to your normal 11-side soccer game. So there's no offsides in the game. Um, it's five-a-side, including the goalkeeper. Um, there's no throw-in, so if the ball goes out, it's a kick-in from mm-hmm. the side. And the, the games are 20 minutes a half, and it's a stop clock, so every time the ball goes out, um, the clock is stopped. Um, and that's about it, really. It's If you were to... Compared to other similar sports, it might be similar to basketball, and um, just because it's played on a court. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's the ball that's is heavier cool. as well, isn't it? Ball is heavier. That's right, jazz yeah. So the ball doesn't bounce as much, um, so you can play the ball in the air. But um, it's quite a dead bounce on it, so it's quite easier to control. Uh, futsal is also played with the sole of the foot rather than instep or the outstep mm-hmm. of the boot, um, and like that, you have uh, there's futsal shoes that are warned by the players to go play futsal mm. Steve how did you get involved with the team? Well I suppose about in
5: 2021 I was approached by the UCC development officer Greg Yelverton to to manage the 11-a-side team um, and last season we won the Leiden Cup and the 11-a-side the futsal this is the first year of the futsal um, so we won the Leiden Cup this year we went into this season um, rebuilt the staff and I'm lucky to have Lee as the assistant for the futsal and I'm also extremely lucky to have Sarah Healy who has a lot of experience in women's futsal and we have full-time physio working with us as well so it's it's been a process and it's, it's going to be a process over the next few years as well hopefully um, and it's something that we looked at this year competing in the futsal knowing there was European Championships coming up Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that if we won the national competition that we would have the chance to represent both UCC and Ireland at the European Futsal Championship. so it's something that we're looking forward to um, but again as I said this is a long term project both from a futsal point of view and how we can develop the game of futsal in Munster because there's a complete lack of funding and there's a complete mm-hmm. lack of support from everyone and especially the FA, unfortunately in, Mun- in the Munster region so we are trying to drive that and especially in the college scene so it, it's, it's something that is, is building and it's something that we're all looking forward to being able to represent and the players are looking forward mm. to being able to represent Ireland and the college at such a, a big tournament
1: Yeah, um, Lee I suppose how do players cope are they supposed the transition from, from football to futsal I mean like do they have to be retrained or is it just something that like a couple of sessions in there
4: yeah, one. so we first started out as our regular season in the 11th side um, and then the futsal competition started, the All-Ireland qualifiers were at the start of January. So we trained a couple of times in the Mardick Arena, the university mm-hmm. were quite kind to facilitate us with the, with the use of the hall for training. So we had a couple of training sessions before the, All- the All-Ireland qualifiers. We actually hosted it at UCC, so it took place in the Meridijk Arena. Thankfully, we our performances were quite good um, and our results were very positive as well, which meant that we qualified for the national final. So then uh, our attention turned back to the eleven side where we had the Leiden Cup and also the Cuffle, and, and we ended up winning the uh, Leiden Cup, which was a huge success for us. And then in March was the national title in the futsal, so we played three other colleges. It was hosted by the University of Galway, Mm -hmm. so we would have trained before that as well. Um, And thankfully we went on to win it, um, which is why we're here now to represent Ireland and the college in Croatia in July. But so since winning it now, we've turned our attention to the futsal big time um, and we're training like that. We're learning the game just as much as everyone, Mm -hmm. but the amount of... Uh, help and input that we got from Martin Percival, F- FAI futsal coach. He came down last week to t- take one of the training sessions, and he's been a huge help to us. So, yeah, it's been quite a transition for the players, but um, it's w- like that is a huge opportunity, and the girls have been uh, willing to learn. They've been like sponges, taking in the information, and now we're just looking forward to competing in the tournament.
1: Mm. Tactically, then, Steve, I mean, like, how do you, like, I suppose, prepare for a game of futsal? I suppose it it's difficult
5: for us as coaches coming from 11 aside and it's something that we have to adapt. But we are lucky that UCC actually went to this competition 2010 and yeah. Greg Yelverton who is now the development officer was also working for the FAI and UCC then went in 2010 as the manager. So we can use him and we can also we've also lent on using uh, Martin Perceval who works in the FAI futsal department mm-hmm. and he's been fantastic to I suppose support us and give us everything we need to be as successful as we possibly can um, from, from a tactically point of view it's, it's, it's a completely different game nearly to soccer yeah. as Lee mentioned earlier it's, you're using the sole of the foot a lot it's a lot about shielding blocking and winning your individual battles in a 1v1 situation And the transitions in the game, so when you have it, to win it back, to get back behind the ball. And when you win it back, can we attack fast? And how can we create space on the pitch very, very fast? We're going to be playing teams that are probably going to be used to playing futsal, used to competing in the heat. We're going to Croatia, and it will be very, very warm over there. So it's something that there's going to be a lot of adapting for the players (laughs) and for us as coaches. But it's something that we're looking forward to. We're spending a lot of time... I suppose looking through set pieces and watching previous years' games and we've spent a lot of time together analysing to the best that we can and we're trying to set the girls up as best as possible to give them the best chance to compete because at the end of the day it's about it's about them. It's about giving them the best opportunity and I suppose that that's how this all came about. The players wanted to go. We pushed for them to go and it's an opportunity they deserve after winning the national title. So... We're looking forward to it. It's something that definitely is going to be outside of all of
1: our comfort zones. <laughs> but we're willing to, to embrace that challenge, I suppose. Mm, fantastic, yeah. Lee, as you mentioning there, winning the national title this year, were you surprised by that or is it just a testament to how quickly the girls have adapted to the game, I suppose?
4: Um, I think obviously in this country futsal isn't a huge game yet Um, it is one of the fastest growing sports in Europe though Um, so like that hopefully like Steve said earlier it is a long term project especially for us now as the university coaches along with Sarah we'll be looking to enter into the futsal competition again next year and looking to build on that again seeing can we retain the title but yeah like that with the other universities and they would have been on a similar level to us they would have had the same structure you know competing in the regular 11 a side season and then the futsal was kind of thrown in as an extra competition (laughs) and so thankfully we had home advantage when we hosted the qualifiers in January and then when we did get to the national final it was that was kind of the long term goal is look if we do go to win the national title we go to represent our country and of course UCC and the European Championships and you know that's a huge opportunity that doesn't come around too often Mm. so thankfully the players and the girls stepped up big time and uh, we went on to win
1: it Yes to represent your country I suppose is going to be um, an incredible moment for all the players and and the coaches I mean like heading over to these championships it's going to be a massive challenge but I'm sure it's one that you're all embracing
5: Yeah it's something that the girls have been really looking forward have been really looking forward to since since they found out and since we pushed the fact that we're actually going to be going. Um, we don't know and none of the players know when is the next time they're going to represent their country and the support that we've been given from everyone, from yourselves and everyone inside the UCC Sport Department, whether that be Christine who Christine Donovan, who is the Deputy Head of Sport, who has helped us a lot and especially the, um, Greg Elverton, who has really bought in and helped us build on where we want to go and he, and he can see what we're trying to do but it's a huge opportunity and the players are really looking forward to it. And to represent your country is a moment that will, be hugely, will, will show great pride and it's something that we're really proud to be able to do. And I know the players are equally as proud and will represent both the college and the country with pride in a sport that is probably developing in the country but also developing in, on a European stage.
1: Yeah, and um, Lee, obviously not cheap to get there. I imagine you have a couple of fundraisers planned and stuff like that to to help you to get over to the championships, I suppose.
4: That's right, yeah. So the university have been very kind to us. They have supported us with regards to the finances of this trip and so have the WSCI, the Women's Soccer College Association of Ireland. So those two bodies have been very kind to us but we still are doing fundraisers. So this Saturday, the 1st of July, in the Southlink service station on Southlink Road, uh, the players will be hosting... A car wash event, and um, so we're just encouraging the whole everyone in Cork you know if you're involved in sport soccer, GA, rugby whatever your sporting background is it would be fantastic to get the support for not just us but for the girls you know they've worked all so hard all season and now like that they have a massive opportunity coming up to go to Croatia and represent themselves on a European stage and uh, yeah any support in the Link service station next Saturday to wash your car it's a win-win situation you're supporting <laughs> the team and you're getting your car washed so we'll just hope for good weather and uh yeah, hope for the best.
1: And Steve, I suppose futsal, as you mentioned, is kind of always growing in this country as well and I suppose, but I suppose with the success that UCC have had, it's going to help grow in Cork as well.
5: It Yeah, and I suppose we sp- haven't spoken about to, to Martin who is in mm. charge of the futsal in, in the Fei. He sees a big gap in the southern region and and as he said, the, the Maraday Green at the hall in there is actually a full-size hall mm. and it's one of the few in the country. So there's a huge area for futsal to grow and I suppose... From a from a college point of view and people outside of college football, that's a huge... College football is huge mm-hmm. in the country and especially in, with the big year that it's going to be with the Women's World Cup and um, women's soccer in UCC has grown a lot over the last few years and we're looking to build on it. And it's not just the futsal, it's the eleven side as well. Mm. We're really looking to, to push college futsal and give it the exposure it deserves because there's a lot of players playing who are international players or under-19s international players are playing League of Ireland who deserve it who deserve the exposure but there's also players who play with the likes of Wilton and Douglas Hall Mm. and all their local clubs who will play at the high level against other colleges who have League of Ireland players so it's a huge opportunity and that happens in both the futsal and the normal Levena side so Mm. college football in general is growing and especially the female game it's growing a lot and it's something that we're really proud to be a part of and it's something that we hope I suppose that everyone gets behind us going to Croatia, but also in the years coming forward and It's great to see new coaches coming in every year and i i can I can call loads of people and they they're they're so willing to come in and give me support and mm. give the college support and give the players support and It's something that I'm so grateful for, I know the players are really really grateful for too. But it's something that it's, it's huge And Futsal is definitely An area that will be developing Over the next few years Hopefully
1: are, Is the entire 11-a-side squad Involved with Futsal Or do you have to select A squad Or how does it work
5: um, We were I suppose You have to balance it That we've had Obviously two qualifiers So the players That qualified Or got us to where we were Got first refusal mm-hmm. With it being in the summer And a lot of players Are in Not in from Cork Sorry we have to try and balance training sessions we have to try and balance balance matches so probably only about a third of the squad are from Cork Mm. we have players coming from Galway we have players from Clare, Sligo and so on Um, so at the moment there's 12 players going out of probably about 22 that we had Mm. during the season but a lot of them would have ruled themselves out because they're going away on holidays or they can't they're working and it's very difficult to get people down especially college students mid-summer But to be fair to them, they're putting in a huge, huge effort um, to try and get down to the to fundraisers, to training sessions, to matches. Um, so they deserve a lot. The players do deserve a lot of credit and the coaches also, I can't thank them enough. The amount of effort that Lee, Saria, Sarah and Cornelia have put in has been huge to help me take take the burden off me and mm. the players and... It's something that the players really appreciate and it's something that we're really looking forward to. Seeing how it goes and where it goes, the journey really goes. Exactly. Yeah. Lads,
1: it's been a pleasure having you in. Very, very best luck in the European Championships and there's no doubt I'll be talking to you afterwards. Thanks, Millie and Rory. Appreciate Thank
5: it. Thanks, Rory, for having us, and we appreciate
1: it. That's Steve O'Keefe there and Lee Moore of the UCC women's uh, soccer team as they prepare to represent Ireland at the upcoming European Football Championships in Croatia in July. Uh, Stephanie Meadow has John Leon Maguire on six under par at the uh, leaderboard there at the Women's PGA Championship. They are trailing the leaders, Julie Lin and Jenny Shin, on seven under par, but still plenty of golf there to be played, both uh, Stephanie and Leon have played 7 holes leader Jenny Shins and 7 holes as well and Julian has played 10 but it's going very very well so far 5 under par through 10 for the days to shoot right up to the top of the leaderboard right we are going to take a little break when we come back we're going to talk to Corkman Mikey Power he, he climbed the 4 highest peaks in Munster last weekend and cycled each one and has raised thousands for Special Olympics we'll talk to Mikey next
0: Missed the show? the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench.
1: Hello, so you can join us on the Big Red Bench. We're right here with you on till 7pm. Now, uh, I was delighted so to be joined in studio this week by Corkman Mikey Power, who completed an incredible challenge uh, last weekend. He climbed the four high peaks a monster, and cycled to each one, within 48 hours incredible stuff, That a challenge was an aid of Special Olympics Ireland, if you follow Mikey on Instagram, which is at Mikey underscore power underscore PT you'll get the link there they've raised over 17,000 euros so far for Special Olympics Ireland absolutely incredible stuff now Mikey called into me and shoot a talk, not just about the incredible challenge that he undertook but his recovery from addiction and how he got his life back on track it's a genuinely inspiring conversation and I was very honoured and grateful to have Mikey share his story with me Alright, joined now by uh, Mikey Power who has just completed um, an incredible 48 hour challenge in aid of Special Olympics Ireland um, Genuinely, genuinely incredible stuff Mikey john has been a student oh, Mikey, how are you sir?
6: I'm uh, very good, Rory. Feeling the effects of it today, but I'm delighted to be here, thanks uh, for having yeah, me. Yeah, that's
1: the first thing I wanted to ask you was, how is the body, how is the mind after this? Because we'll get into the details of it in a moment, but the, the physical and mental challenge of this must have been incredible.
6: The body is getting sore by the day. Um, <laughs> different aches and pains coming out in different places. You can imagine I bent over a bike for, for for 41 hours and hiking up hills with bags on our backs. It was, it was, ta- it was challenging. Aches and pains to be expected, but nothing that I won't get over.
1: <laughs> um, oh, I'm just looking at it here, and I'm giving, just getting tired looking at it. Outline um, what the challenge is when you came up with it and why you decided to do it.
6: So I first came up with it first came up with it about five years ago. Um, but it was just a pipe dream for a long time. We started in Knockmail down in Waterford. We climbed to the top of that back down. It was a two-hour hike and I had an hour and a half cycle over to the south side of the Galties, mm-hmm. which is the highest peak in Tipperary and in Limerick so we started the south side that was a four hour hike from one side to the other to up to the north Tipperary Limerick highest peaks. then a three hour cycle which was in thunder, lighting and torrential rain over to Mylusa <laughs> in Clare Must have been frightening oh, was that? it? was it was, exhi- it was in, 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 exhilarating I think was the yeah, word yeah, yeah. really you know I have that in my back but we got to My Lusa, Thunder and Lightning was very, very heavy, um, so we took a little bit of a breather there. Climbed to the top of that, two hours up and down, and then I had the biggest task of it all, which was an overnight 10-hour cycle from MyLusa, down to Carantool again. Thunder and Lightning greeted us as we rolled into Carantool, almost as if they were just welcoming me to, <laughs> to where I was supposed to be at the time. Yeah. Um, very lucky with the crew that I had to this point as well. Um, I'd love to thank them at some point later. But from there, we had a huge crowd, 46 of us, climbing to the top of Carreontool, Ireland's highest mountain, up, back down, onto the bike, and then the most gruelling part of it all it was a cycle out of Tool, up to Knockboy in the beautiful county of Cork, <laughs> uh, which was literally... Uphill from the start to the end of it and at the end of it anybody who's been down to pre-sleep knock boy will understand that those little hills are the most vicious and challenging things I yeah. have ever faced physically <laughs> and mentally in my life and yeah. from there it was a nice little skip up to the top of knock boy, which is a beautiful part of the country for anybody who hasn't been down there yeah. but uh, yeah it's challenging now
1: you obviously you work in the fitness industry, anyway, so you obviously are quite a fit person. But I mean, like, what was your training regimen for this look? Like?
6: So it only started. I was cycling all along, uh, just just casually. I enjoyed it. Uh, I love being outdoors. But for about ten weeks beforehand, we started the hike with Mike Movement, which was two hikes every weekend: mm-hmm. uh, hiking on a Saturday, hiking on a Sunday. I started with the hiking and cycling during the week. And then as we got closer to it, I started cycling to the hike, do the hike, and then drive home. And then the next one would be cycle to the hike, cycle home. The next one was cycle to the hike, cycle to another hike, Mm -hmm. and then cycle home. And that was very much it. Um, It was basically just, just, uh, you cannot prepare yourself for that sort of grueling, For the overnight stuff, anyway, certainly. But what I could do is prepare myself to get on the bike, off the bike, on the bike, off the bike. I controlled what I could control, Mm -hmm. and was prepared for those for the the challenges that I was going to face. Physically and mentally, that was just always going to be a battle. But that was mm. exactly what I wanted, you know. You,
1: you sent me a video close to the end of the the challenge, and you could see the, the the exertion kind of painted across your face. Is this this must have been the toughest thing you've ever done physically?
6: Oh, without a question of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, it was. It every step of the way, because we had such different pe- different people at every peak, and 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 I had someone else on each one of the cycles. I felt energised mm. to the point where I actually spoke to you. To the point where, to that point, when we came down off Karen Tool, anyone who knows Karen Tool, it's a long walk from Karen Tool back to Cronin's Yard, mm-hmm. and this really zapped the life out of me. You know, I, I could, I was really feeling it at this stage. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was kind of going within myself a little bit more. Um, and then the cycle from Karen Tool to Knockboy, knowing that the end was so close, was the hardest. Most challenging physical and mental battle I have faced to date Mm. in in that scenario, in that situation. I've had tougher times mentally, certainly, but physically, this was this was the pinnacle to this point in my life, most definitely. Just complete exhaustion, complete just exhaustion. I was like, for anyone who understands, after maybe running a marathon, you feel so emotional. It's because your 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 armor is down your body's exhausted, your mind yeah. is exhausted. I was like that from the end of Karen Tool to the end of Knockboy. It was just as if there was tears in the back of my eyes constantly, not because I was sad or anything, just because my 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 entire body was 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 craving rest. <laughs> <laughs> it it was it was just depleted, but perseverance and a bit of hard work got us through it in the end did you get any sleep at all
1: or was it just constantly going through
6: so I was very lucky with the man that I had by my side for the overnight cycle uh, Peter Galvin I can't thank you enough because without Galley, for anybody who knows him in the party company in Cork he is hilarious and he had his dog Bailey with us as well Um, we got a 30 minute sleep when we got to Castle Island I think Mm -hmm. Uh, it was about 7 hours in and then 25 kilometres down the road, we took a 45-minute sleep, sleep because I, my eyes were closing. The, the lights weren't looking like lights anymore. There was things shooting past my face. I was swaying on the bike. Um, and then we we woke up. We were recharged. We were re-energized. We had a slice of pizza. We had some jellies. And we pushed hard to tool And at Cronin's Yard in tool is an incredible facility to have. Mm-hmm. We were able to have a shower, um, have a cup of coffee, and get two hours of kip in the car an hour of kip in the car um, and just wait for everybody to come and when we woke up everybody was arriving and it was just it was just it was the the energy that I needed it was the life the life that I needed to uh, put back into myself
1: Can you describe that feeling when you had finished it? I mean like you described there as almost like finishing a marathon but for the last leg of it almost Um, I'd imagine that feeling of Achievement, happiness, joy, just relief almost must have been overbearing.
6: Relief, yes. Um happiness. Like uh, my my best friend showed out to Eamon Donnelly, who who was the main man behind all of this. I'll give him all the credit. He'd take it anyway. Um uh, <laughs> but Eamon Donnelly was waiting for me at the top and that was what really pushed me home. Like I got incredible support at the at the t- bottom of knock by, at the top of Pri- Priestley sleep climb the bottom of knock by. and I was just exhausted at this point but it was just sheer joy and sheer you could say relief but it like it was just pure and utter joy um, at that point I was too tired to have too many more emotions to be honest with <laughs> you. it was just let me get to the top let me finish this out with Eamon and, and the crew that are with me and and let me go home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Into your bed. <laughs> um, you've mentioned the support crew a couple of times. This must have been like a military operation in planning this and executing this.
6: It, yes, I'll be honest. I didn't have to do a whole pile. <laughs> I was, the face and the noise of it, I'm very good at making noise. <laughs> um, Emma Crowley, my, girl, my woman, she was exceptional. She handled all of the food. She handled... All the phone calls, all the directions throughout it, all I had to do was literally put one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. Gary Abbott, our mountaineering expert, was absolutely outstanding. He went up, he planned the routes beforehand, he got us shortcuts, he saved us time, he kept us safe, most importantly, put me in my place once or twice when I tried when I was a little bit bullheaded and, and, and pushing on he made sure that they came back stayed with the group which is vitally important on the side of a mountain especially in the conditions that we were facing into so Gary thank you uh, Aoife Kelly who double job, she did eight of the, uh, uh, four of the mountains but she also did a drive from uh, Knock Meal Down to the Galaties with Tighe sitting out at the back of her boot doing the recording Do You know, a vital job Carrie O'Regan West Cork's fastest woman who just brought so much life to it paid for an awful lot of the weekend as well um, and just a beautiful person to be around and Miriam Casey of course who drove as well Miriam's been by my side for so so long mm-hmm. I can't thank her enough for being there again at this weekend
1: and you've done it all for a fantastic cause as well and special Olympics Ireland um, how did you decide upon that?
6: So it started We, myself and a couple of friends did four, we ran four miles every four hours for four days In at the start. The of The Goggins. The Goggins, yeah, double it. And, and it was for the Special Olympics and at that time when we did it for the Special Olympics it just felt so right yeah. for me, Do you know, and some things just fit you. Like, even they're saying let me win but if I cannot win let me be brave in my attempt and aiming, as I said, was the inspiration behind the whole thing, you know, like, Eamon came to the top of Montclair with me on one of Cork's hottest days. Montclair is a beautiful place mm-hmm. again, a very well worth going know to visit. And to see him persevere and push through to the top of that mountain was just one of the most inspiring things I have ever seen. It was just incredible. Um, and as I said it just feels right it just sits right with me sometimes sometimes you can't explain things it just feels right
1: and I coincide with the start of the Special Olympics as well and of
6: course we were very lucky we were blessed that the the World Games actually started on Saturday as well the 17th down to luck um, but very much so very important because the Irish athletes like Irish athletes of all abilities and all levels um, on the world stage we got our chance to support them we got our chance to, to bring a little bit of um, to have them noticed a little bit more maybe mm-hmm. uh, I'm not 100% certain how they're getting on right now there's something I'm going to check immediately after this um, but there's seven of them over there flying the flag for Ireland um, we should be very proud of them certainly should be um,
1: your Instagram page has a description of you calling yourself a recovering addict with an exercise problem Um, You told me just off air before this that this time last year you wouldn't have been able to do this.
6: Yeah, so nine months ago I was buried in addiction, alcohol, drugs. I had no self-esteem. I was buried in depression and I was just sitting at the bar on a Sunday night and I had this vision of myself that if I didn't do something about it on that Monday morning, if I didn't stop that Monday morning, completely put a stop to it, I would still be sitting at that bar in 40 years time and alcohol would end up killing me slowly but surely. You know, it's 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 not easy to talk about of course, but it is a a very very important part of this whole story, you know, like 9 months ago I was overweight, I had terrible skin and I had no self-esteem. If I envisioned myself at a funeral, there was nobody coming to it, I was waking up in the morning and I was close to tears because I didn't want to drink but I had no choice and on that Monday morning I was thrown out of home uh, rightly so and had to move into my own business which I was about to lose that week anywhere and I didn't have a car smoked 40 fags a day and obviously was, was drinking and everything else every day and One of the most incredible and wonderful people I have in my life, Adele Foley and her family, picked me up. Um, She came out, made a bed for me in in the business, brought me some food, told me that it was going to be okay, took me to the beach and the very next day took me to uh, a group meeting where my life has just gotten better and better and better and better to this point. Our family showed me kindness, showed me care, which was so, so important at that time. Um, the groups that I went to were exactly what I needed. I had gone to them before once, and it didn't sit with me at that time, but that's probably because it just wasn't my time. If, you know, I, I looked at it differently. Instead of looking at the similarities I had with these people, I was looking at the differences um, and these groups. I've worked for millions of people around the world, so why I'm any different, I'm not any different, basically. You know, It was just my the right time. I still go to them today, but because of these things, because of Adele and the Foley family picking me up and putting me in a position to succeed, showing me love and showing me care at the right time in my life, because of the groups that I was going to and continued to go to and continued to do what they told me to do people who have been through it before I am in the position that I am today I'm sitting here Rory O'Hagan speaking to Red FM speaking to the County of Cork after completing a 48 hour charity challenge the most grueling thing I have ever done in my life because I turned my back on alcohol and drugs because I reached out for help most importantly and nine months ago I couldn't have imagined being here nobody in my position could have been but it just shows that If you do reach out for help, if you do face up to the issues that you have in your life, that anything is possible for you. Mm -hmm. It is possible to turn things around, that your potential isn't behind you, that there is a beautiful and bright future ahead of you. You just have to be willing to work for it.
1: You must be very proud of yourself.
6: Proud but not satisfied, would be the way I'd put it. You know, every day I'm still working on things. I'm not perfect in any way, shape or form. I still have an awful lot of things that I need to to improve on. Very proud, of obviously, of the, the challenge at the weekend and the changes that I've made to this point, but I'm not even close to done yet.
1: Is it day by day still?
6: Day by day. Day by day, very, very much so. Every morning. I get up in the morning um, and I haven't... like. When, at the start when I was talking to my friends and stuff, I wasn't telling them that I'm, I'm off the drink at the moment, I wasn't telling them that at all I was saying I am a non-drinker I changed who I was I am a non-drinker, I am a non-drinker I am a non-drinker that was the most important thing I think because I changed how I viewed myself as well as how everybody else viewed me I woke up in the morning, I told myself that every single morning, out loud not inside my head, out loud Every morning I had a glass of water first thing. That was another beautiful thing that I could do for myself. I just put something pure into my body. I had my bag packed ready for the day. I had my lunch and my breakfast packed. And I had the sort of things on Spotify that I wanted to listen to. Basically, that I was going to fill my head with. Um... Not so much affirmations, but you know, like, like motivational sort of stuff that, that, that was very important to me as well. In the morning, what you take in sticks, very much so. Your brain is at its most powerful. What you take in sticks. Um, and if, if Red FM would like me to come out in the mornings and start telling people, today is going to be <laughs> a beautiful day, I'd be more than happy to. But that's very much so where I had to start. Yeah, it's incredible.
1: Just you must also feel very lucky that, A, you had that moment of clarity uh, in that Baroness Sunday night, and B, you had Adele there to, to help you. You just had that one person who was there to believe in
6: you. Absolutely. Now, um, Adele, so when I was 17, I lost a very close friend to me. He was a brother in life. Adele is related to him. Mm-hmm. And to be able to to have her in my corner, as well as her kids, as well as her husband, it was just so special and so incredible like yes at the start of the journey she has she is she is I can't put into words how special that woman is to me and that family is to me the kids and Adele and Jim because they showed me kindness they showed me love they touched me when nobody else in their right mind would have would have given me a chance Mm -hmm. and that is very very important to remember um You will see people in your lives going through very, very tough times, awful times. It's very important that you don't just turn your back on them, that you try to get to the root of the problem, that you you, you try to see these people aren't bad people, they're just good people going through a very bad time. And that's exactly what I was. I was going through a bad time for a long time, but I wasn't a bad person in any way. And, And anybody who is going through addiction... You are not a bad person. You're just going through a very bad time. And I had to realize that. I had to face up to that. And I had to accept that. And when I accepted that, and I accepted that I was powerless over alcohol, I was powerless over my addiction, that I couldn't make the changes that I wanted to make in my life on my own, then I was able to accept the help that Adele had given me because she had tried previously. I was able to accept the help that she offered me. And... And here we are today. And that's very important for anybody who's trying to help somebody out there as well. Keep trying. Keep Mm -hmm. the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Because eventually, they will take it.
1: And for people who need help, I think asking for help is probably the hardest thing to do, but possibly the most important thing.
6: Absolutely. 100%. So often, I did, and I, I, I did once ask a friend for help. And he gave it to me, but again, at the time, I wasn't ready to take it. It had to be both. It had to be ask for help. But when the help is given, grab it with both hands. Like One of the most important things I heard at the start of my recovery was, if I could show you what was on the other side of the curtain, if I could give you just a little peek what was on the other side, you'd jump through that window and never look back if you give yourself fully to your recovery. My life has just gotten better and better and better every single day that I have practiced the things that have have gotten me to where I am in the mornings and the afternoons and evenings, but mostly the mornings.
1: What (laughs) what role has fitness played in your recovery?
6: Huge. So I, I I have my own little saying, the meetings keep me sober and the exercise keeps me sane. I set myself the goal of going to Scar. Well, Del set me the goal of going to get a scar. She booked me in without my choice. Uh, that was in forty days after that Monday. So that Monday, forty days to the scar. So what scar? Uh, scar is the Skibbereen Adventure Race. It's, it's cycling, running, cycling, running, cycling, running, kayaking, a bit more cycling. Yeah. And I didn't finish it, but I got to the start line, which was very, very important. Um, that like. It scared me at the time. I didn't think I'd be ready for it. And you know what? I probably wasn't ready for it. But the fact that I had a focus, that I had a goal, that I didn't just say, I am a non-drinker, mm-hmm. and then not fill that enormous void that I had in my life with nothing was the key to my success. I it's Too many people say, I'm not drinking this weekend, but all they do is laze around the house. The whole hike with Mike movement started because... I wanted to give people another option. I wanted to show people that there is more to do than just drinking a Saturday and Sunday, that there are more options out there. Because when I was in addiction, and even before I became full, fully addicted, we'll say, I always told people, what else am I supposed to do with the weekends? I can't, I, there's nothing else to do around the place. There's nothing in the community. I'll drink. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing for me. But uh, after I got out of addiction, or I got into recovery, I saw so much more beauty in the world. Like my eyes were open to cycling, running, hiking, and all of these things I hated when I was an addiction. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't understand why somebody would want to get in a bike and cycle <laughs> past me when I was sat in the pub. Couldn't understand it until I actually got over yeah. into recovery, sat in a bike and did it for myself and suddenly it's one of the most beautiful things when you see the country around you from a bike. From that perspective, you don't see it inside in the car. You don't even see it when you're running. But you, when you're on a bike and you're just cruising down the street and you're looking around yourself and you're seeing this big, beautiful world around you, then you know you're 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 in the right place. <laughs> yeah,
1: indeed. Um, I'm afraid to ask you what your next challenge will be.
6: So we came home one day. I already had this planned. Again, I I knew I I knew the road that I was going to go with all of this. Yeah. Um, the next challenge is, well, first and foremost, I want to make the 48-hour charity challenge a yearly thing. I want that to be something that people can set their sights on and I can either do just the hiking or the hiking and cycling or different portions yeah. of If you check out my Instagram, you'll see how I had it shaped for that already this year. No, not too many people jumped at it, but a lot of people jumped the hiking. I'm hoping that next year with more of a push that we can get that one over the line that it could become something for the Special Olympics to raise funds for the Special Olympics but the next challenge the next one for anybody that's up for I'm calling you out brother <laughs> um, I want to climb the highest peak in each province cycle to each one in 72 hours Dude come here that's sleeve Denard in County Down cycle down to Lugnaquilla in County Wicklow cycle across to Mwil Ray in County Mayo and we're going to finish off down and the biggest one of them all in Caron Tool with an overnight cycle again. 72 hours, you heard it here first.
1: Incredible, I'll join you for the hike up Caron Tool. I've never done it, I've always wanted to hike up Caron Tool. This thing's like the perfect time.
6: I'll hold you to that.
1: Yes, sir. Um, Mikey, just finally, just to, to wrap everything up um, for people who are struggling with their addictions um, watch your message to them. So people are listening to this, they might be inspired by, by your story. I hope they're inspired by your story.
6: First and foremost, you've got to be honest with yourself. Honesty is key. You know, Accepting that you are powerless over alcohol, over drugs, over whatever your addiction might be. Like it might be, you might think it's as small as sugar, but addiction is addiction.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: I am powerless over, over this substance that I do need help and that I can't do it alone. Reach out for help. There are so many, so many different resources there for us now. Like AA is where I turn to and AA is where I will stay because those the people there have helped me enormously in my journey. Find something to fill the void with. For me, it's exercise. For you, it might be hiking. For you, it might be cycling. I am here. I can help you. I do this th- these things every single weekend. I am open and willing to meet you anywhere in the country to hike with you, to cycle with you, just to chat with you. And perseverance and hard work, I'm sure there's more people, but perseverance and hard work are the foundations of what have gotten me here. Even in the bad, bad times, like when I kept the faith, I was going through hell, I just kept on going, and kept on going with the keeping the faith that I would eventually come out the other side, that eventually... I would rid myself of the addiction of the evil that, that that I was surrounding myself in. And then once I persevered and got to that place where I could start to work hard on myself, I continued to work hard and I continued to persevere in a more positive light. And whether you're going through a good time or a bad time, just persevere, persevere, persevere. And better days are on horizon.
1: Mikey, it's been genuine inspiration talking to you today. Thanks a million for coming in and sharing your story with us. Thank you. You're listening to The Big Red Bench with sure, 72-hour non-stop protection. That was genuinely uh, one of the best chats I've ever had on The Big Red Bench. I've been doing this quite a long time. Inspirational stuff there from Mikey Power, who thanks to Mikey as well, just talking so openly um, about his recovery. Um, and as we were mentioning there, hopefully um, his honesty with me on the show for this interview uh, will help someone uh, out there who may be themselves struggling with addiction. Um, it was just an incredible conversation. I'm delighted Mike call called into me. And that was an incredible challenge that he uh, undertook last week. Um, all in aid of Special Olympics Ireland. Thousands have been raised so far. I think the last uh, look was 17,000. Um... You can um, still donate. It's in the Space Olympics Ireland, obviously. Um, you can get that. Um, if you follow Mikey on Instagram, Mikey underscore power underscore PT, um, you'll have uh, a link there um, to the um, donation page. Um, but genuinely, I can't thank Mikey enough for, for coming into to me in studio to talk uh, about... Um, That incredible challenge, and uh, looking forward to talking to Mikey again. As he's mentioned, he's got another challenge uh, lined up or in his head already. So, yeah, looking forward to talking to Mikey again uh, when that rolls around. And that's pretty much it from us uh, for the Big Red Bench today. Thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us uh, on the show. If you've missed today's show, um, you can get it on our podcast. That'll be available on redfm.ie shortly. You can get it on the Go Loud app as well, or you can download it on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or from wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yesterday's show as well, plenty of reaction from our uh, Cork's win over Common. The uh, footballer's motoring along nicely. That was a good win uh, against Common. yesterday in Porky Cueve so you get the reaction uh, from the car camp uh, on yesterday's show uh, but yeah we're back next Saturday and Sunday from six. follow us on uh, social media at Big Red Bench Green on Red is up next three hours of the best Irish music coming your way uh, with the legend that is Mags Blackburn enjoy the rest of your Sunday folks we'll talk to you next week
0: Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's
1: Red FM